I just want I just want to throw this out there that like I feel like we're having like a very kumbaya moment right now, which is very in line with like Ross's Ross's uh, stereotype of marketers. Yeah, <laughs> I feel very connected. Yeah, we're trying to trust fall right now. We'd all hit the ground. So let's just be. Let's just remember that. I'll be honest. I still don't fully believe you, but hey, we'll take your word for it. That's some royalty free shit, people. That's what we do. We're back. I'm Puyan from Scratchpad, and we've got Ross from. Where, where are you from now? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know. I'm just Corp now. Just simple. Just Corp. Just Corp, dude. And today we're excited to have Todd with us. The Todd Father. Is it Clouser? It, it is Clouser, yeah. Or, or some people. Clouser. Some people know me as your boy. I feel so lame here. We've got Corp, we got LaBoy, and then Dreezy. I mean, we got two excellent marketers on the on the line here. Maybe you all can help me come up with uh, with a new brand. I, I literally, when when you guys reached out to me to do this, I literally told people this is just going to be a bloodbath. Like, no, <laughs> no. I mean, we have to talk to the other side sometimes. We want to know the, get the perspective how the other side lives with themselves, knowing who they are. Give us your background, because I think we need some context out here. We've admitted that you're a marketer, okay? And you said that out loud, and so you have to live with yourself. So tell us, how did we get here? What happened? What mistakes were made? So so I think I had the, uh, I started as a, I'm going to call it an SDR, even though that's not what the term was back then. Um, But it was pretty much the same story I think most SDRs kind of fall into, which is, uh, I didn't have the brightest college career, uh, got out of school in 2009, job market was trash. And uh, I basically ended up taking the the first job I could get, which was the the first hire at a, a company that honestly didn't really know what the hell they were selling. So I literally <laughs> spent all day for six months cold calling people essentially asking for their for their contact information it, it got to the point where i was like i'm either going to quit or i got to figure something out and the job market was trash so i couldn't quit so i i ended up starting a youtube channel thinking like hey maybe i can push people from youtube over to to the website and the youtube channel ended up taking off so we we literally transition the the whole website to kind of focus more on content and education and scrap the 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 previous idea altogether so, so you were you went down the influencer path before influencers were influencers yeah so we we this was in 2011 um and i mean companies weren't really doing it there was there was people out on youtube I don't even think YouTube was monetized yet, to be honest. Like it was pretty early on. Um, and we just started putting out content once a week. And I think we hit like 50K subscribers within, this is going to sound like a long time, but at the time it wasn't. It was like probably two years. And then we started doubling like every year after that to, to when I left, we were at like 650K. Dude, I think I'm at like 20, 20K in like, eight years, seven years. So I would say that's pretty good. What were you posting? What was on this channel? It was, it was literally like 100% education. So it was for the welding and fabrication space. And it was literally like, I'm not a subject matter expert in that area whatsoever. I 
before taking this job, I had no idea anything about welding or fabrication. So we basically went out, we found subject matter experts in that area, and then basically flew them in maybe once every two months and just banked as much educational content as we could. And at the time, there wasn't that much out there. So like we had the the first mover advantage for sure. The point of the story here is that marketing drove 100% of our business. Just want to throw that out there. And what happened to that business again? <laughs> it got I mean, sold <laughs> for some, some money. Some, some. Now, look, look, good marketing is the best. It's the best. You, you heard it here first. <laughs> good marketing is the best. It is. From one of the best marketers out there. Great marketing is great because it supports sales efforts. That's what it is. Now, we're not talking B2C here. We're talking B2B. We can talk about B2C another time. Do you think people actually care, though? Like, there are all these voices out there on LinkedIn that are like, oh, the debate between sales and marketing and and what's better and this and that. Like, No, I think, honestly, like, at the end of the day, it's it's the same goal, right? Yeah. Like, like well, one you, got one of, you got one of the best uh, marketing influencers out here on this call. You know, Thank he just you. identifies as a salesperson. <laughs> I'm going to just blow my brains out here. Yeah, I, I identify however the hell I want. So what got, so how, where are we now? What are we doing now? We're making content. We've seen it. Yeah. It's good so, stuff. so basically, and the, the whole reason I was, I was invited to this show is basically, I think the, the way forward with, with like marketing and, and sales together is creating creating content that, that kind of differentiates. Like I'm creating TikTok content and putting it on LinkedIn. My TikTok content doesn't do that great on TikTok. It, it freaking blows up on LinkedIn though. And like when, when you do that, whether you're a salesperson or a marketing person, like people know who you are. If, if Ross goes out and cold calls 50 people, there's a good chance they that they know who he is and they're going to take that call because they've they've seen the content that he's putting out. Whereas if you know your your average SDR does it, you're not going to have that effect. Do you think that still holds true though? So you, I mean, it sounds like you're because we've talked to folks that found their way into sales because um, they didn't know what else to do and ended up staying in sales for a much longer period of time because they're, they're found out that they're actually good at it, um, or work for them, even though they, they weren't sure that this was their life dream or, or their passion, the direction they wanted to go in. But do you think it still holds true where you could come into sales and then transition into content now, just given how much content there is? Cause it sounds like when you did it, it was like, there was nothing like you, there, there just wasn't a lot of education content on welding. I think every single person that is in marketing should have spent some time doing sales and specifically like like grinding as an SDR or something like that. Because I, I think it, for me at least, it made me realize that like, one, I suck at this. Like I was a terrible SDR. So like if I if I wanted to succeed, I had to figure out a better way of of bringing people in. And for me, it was creating content, um, but there's there's people out there that are fantastic at sales. Like 
my wife is going through a spireship right now. Like, so she's going into sales. Like I'm not saying sales is bad by any stretch of the imagination. Like I think it's, it's super important, but some people just suck at it. <laughs> That's it, dude. That's it. I mean, you just summed it all up. I think, I think if more marketers were just like, look, I suck at sales and I could never do it. That's what, I, that's what much more what I'd rather hear. And it's like, great. Okay, cool. Agree to agree here. And like, we can move forward together. Like, that's how we do it. Instead of the like, no, but we're, we're just as important thing. It's just like, okay, well, that's just fundamentally wrong. But, but if we can just be a little more self-aware, that's, that's all I'm saying. Like salespeople, I, I, we're terrible to deal with most of the time. Like, oh yeah, divas, whiny, like all the things. But that's like what I talk about. Like, Yeah. I'm a little little baby back bitch sometimes, but I know that, and I willingly tell people that, and I think that's part of like where we get the friction of like people are not willing to admit their their shortcomings. It, call me out 100% if I'm wrong, Ross. But have you not almost taken the the same path? Like, and I'm not saying that you suck at sales, but that's not what I'm trying to <laughs> no, say. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was about to say I do suck at well, I don't suck at sales, but I, I think like. I, I'm, my feeling was the same as yours, where it was like, how can I just be different than another five foot 11 white dude with like a chill photo on LinkedIn, like pinging somebody. The superpower I had was I could make people laugh. But, well, the, but that's the beauty of, of what, like why your stuff works so well is because everybody that just about every salesperson out there can relate to probably like 90% of the videos that you put out. And that's, that's why it works so well. And I think that's, that's what separates good marketing from bad marketing is like, am I, am I creating some response that is going to connect with the audience? That's going to make them want to connect with me, reach out, whatever your, your end goal is. I mean, this might be a silly question, but when you said you were bad at sales or, or being an SDR, what does that mean? Like, how did you know you were bad? I think I think I was I was originally set up for failure because the like even as they were building the website nobody really knew like what it was going to be so like I didn't even really know what I was I was you know trying to get these people to do when I would call them other than like hey can I can I take all your information and put it on my website it's like so like <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't a very compelling <laughs> offer <laughs> yeah. I think that's fair a lot of SDRs get set up to fail, just generally speaking. And like my second cold, first, no, my first cold call with my manager back when we had wired headsets, we, we had like a splitter. So he's sitting next to me and the dude <laughs> told me to <laughs> on the first call. Like I'll never, I can like still see the guy's LinkedIn photo. He looked like a total douchebag. He had like aviators on. He was running some like big, just big company out of Florida and he looked like a douchebag and I like judged him before. And then he turned out to be that. And I was like, Oh my God, my manager's like, this is not how it like normally goes, <laughs> but it wasn't not how it normally went at Oracle. I, I had a very similar experience and it, it wasn't, it, it wasn't uh, just this one, but the, the, the best one I can remember was uh, I called this guy up and was basically asking him for his information. And, uh, he basically, he asked me if I, if I could either give him a bag of money or a kilo of Coke. And I was like, like, 
what? Literally, like, and and then he said, then I'm not interested and hung up on me. I was like, okay. Well, well, he's not qualified. <laughs> yeah. Or you knew his, you know, now you knew his need and you could adjust for that, for that. <laughs> you know? What What did you learn? I'm sure that there, there are some things you learned out of, um, out of your, your lovely time as, as being an SDR. You, you have to know your audience. Like for instance, I, w- I was calling these people. I had, I had no idea about the industry. I had no idea about what they, what they wanted or even what I was selling. Um, so th- there was no way that I was going to be successful. So what I did was I reached out to somebody who was a subject matter expert and could help me on that journey. Um, and I did that in the way of, in the way of marketing. But I think if, even if you're going to stay in sales, like you need somebody, you don't want to be just like thrown into it and then like hope for the best. Like that's a recipe for, for disaster. You need somebody there kind of coaching you along the way to, to help you figure that out. I guess you have to be in tune to knowing your audience, but you're you have many more opportunities to get to know your audience because you're like literally reaching out to them and you're understanding why they're shutting you down, why they might be leaning in. Well, how does marketing do it? I think this is this is partially where coming from a sales background really helps because like the best thing to do as a marketer is literally just call prospects, call customers. Like, but the beauty of doing it from a marketing standpoint is I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm just trying to figure out what that is so that I can, I can put it into my content. I can relay that to my sales team. Like it's a, it's a non-threatening call for the, for the person on the other end of the line. I agree. I totally agree. And that's like it. Like if you want to be in marketing somewhere, I'm like, do the SDR role for like even a month, not even maybe too long, like two weeks you're going to get to experience the whole gamut of reactions you're going to get. And I just think it's so critical whether you stay or not, like that's up to you. But I think exactly what you said. Talk. Well, I think, I think there's also an opportunity for, for teams that are already like pretty well aligned where the head of sales or the CR, whatever your, your title is, bring marketers into those, those like have them, have them cold call people for a day just to kind of see what it's like. Okay. You know, and, I'm, I'm going to share think, this with my marketing team and, and Todd, I'm going to share your contact info as well. If that's all right. And tell them that, uh, Todd told me. So you might get some, uh, might get some friendly emails. But Todd told me that you all should be doing should cold calling. So, um, thinking about them, yeah. like hearing that, like imagine, I want to be in that meeting just you join? watching. Yeah, dude, I'll okay, be let's I'll, do it. I'm I'll, I'll tell you what, it would make for fantastic content. I'll throw that out. Yeah, uh, that that's the that's to what I attribute my success as a marketer to is like I realized early on that one I was bad at this, two I didn't know anything about the the industry or the people I was selling to, and I I I didn't make the mistake of thinking that I knew or that I was I knew more than the people I was talking to. I, I brought somebody in to, to basically like help me with that. So let's, let's dig into that for a second though. Cause if somebody, I mean, one, I'm, I'm curious how you did it. Um, but if others are listening and they're like, okay, great, that sounds awesome. Let me, let me learn. Do you have any tips or how did you go about reaching out to somebody so that you could build empathy for them and learn from them? 
for me, when I did it, I was, I was essentially adding value to that person that, that was going to help me because I was saying, listen, I am terrible at this. I want to start a YouTube channel to see if like we can, we can bring in inbound stuff. You're going to, you're going to get all this notoriety from being the face of that YouTube channel. So that's a little different than me reaching out to somebody on my team and like, Hey, can you spend an hour a day, like helping me get better at whatever. Um, but I think if, if you can bring value to the person that, that you're asking help from, I mean, you'd be surprised people don't say no to stuff like that. That's in line with a lot of what my co-founder and I did very early on. Like this was probably before, before Scratchpad, before even our last company, um, just reaching out to different audiences and trying to trying to connect with them to learn. But I, I think what I learned was the what's in it for me is one of the most important pieces to unpack for somebody before you reach out to them. And what's surprising, though, to your point, Todd, some, sometimes it's just giving somebody the opportunity to share their learnings. On the other extreme, I literally had people say, yeah, I'll talk to you for 15 minutes uh, if you if you send me 250 bucks. Right. And like, okay, so the what's in it for you is very clear. It's, yeah. You, you want to see the dollars. But, you know, for, for others, it was, you know, and you can position it differently. And we'd reach out to folks. And, yeah, I was surprised as to how many people would be willing to give up 15 minutes to to share their learnings. And I think being just being open and honest about that um, and saying, hey, we're looking to learn. Looks like you've got a lot of experience here. I'm not trying to sell anything and like genuinely curious to learn from you. And a lot of people would offer their time up for that. I just want I just want to throw this out there that like I feel like we're having like a very kumbaya moment right now, which is very in line with like Ross's Ross's uh, stereotype of marketers. Yeah. <laughs> I feel very connected. Yeah, we're trying to trust fall right now. We'd all hit the ground. So let's just be let's just remember that for us. You know, just reflecting back on on the work we did at, at Scratchpad, that that was really it. Like salespeople changing their behavior is like one of the hardest things to do. Folks and some folks will know, like, yeah, my system's not the best, but you know what? It works and it works for me. And I've got my spreadsheet, I've got my post it notes and, and my you know stack of notebooks from deals years old. But um, the behavior change was the most important thing for us to try to unlock is like, could we get anybody to say, yeah, like, I'm actually willing to shift to that? The money we would know would come down the road, but we had that conviction. But in other, I'd say in other industries or let's say in other problem solution sets, yeah, maybe it is more, hey, would you be willing to pay for this right now? Or what would it take for you to actually move forward? Um, well, so that's a great point. Great yeah. point. Really I, think, point. I think that's also what, even, even salespeople, I think the most successful salespeople are the ones that are playing the long game, right? It's, it's basically not, you look, look at any of your favorite salespeople on LinkedIn, right? the reason that they're your favorite is because there's not always a call to action to, to buy my product. They're not, they're not sharing the latest ebook and, and trying to, you know, grab your, your contact info so they can cold call you. They're, they're playing the long game so that whenever you do have that need, you think about them and you think about their company as, as the category leader. That's a good point. And that's one of the pro that's like, you know, one of the misalignments of sales. Generally, it's like you're seeing companies go to shorter and shorter quota cycles, like the monthly cycle, I think is the most outrageous thing ever. And of course, like your ACV matters and like the sales cycle, like, could you one call, one call close, so on and so forth. But I think the long game is the way to go. 
I think that's how you build a like a sustainable business. The problem is all reps are forced to now, 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 urgency, urgency, urgency. Well, I don't know if it's nece- the long game may not be the right term for it though, because that implies it actually does take a long time to make it happen. I I, I think what I'm what I'm unpacking from what you're saying is. It's, it's almost letting go and trusting the process. It's letting go that I need to close right away and saying, let me invest in this. Let me, let me not go for the hard ask because by maybe helping you first or giving first or guiding you in some way, that may actually get to close faster. I mean, honestly, I, like I've seen that happen. Um, and so I think that the long game to me is more just a, it's a change in mindset to say, I'm going to more focus more on the end result of making sure that you're happy because I believe you'll be a customer but I'm not going to go with and say, all right, well, are you going to buy right now? And sometimes you have to do that. Honestly, I like, that's one thing I've respected. And I think appreciated about the best salespeople I know with surgical precision, precision, they know exactly when to go for the ask and they do it in like the most confident, calm, and just crystal clear way. That's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to purchase. Todd, where do you see all this going from here? What, where, how do you see the world of sales and marketing changing honestly i i think it's i think it's more and more of, of what we just talked about i think that the the lines between marketing and sales are going to be blurred and you're going to start seeing more so than than sdrs just like i want you making a hundred dollars a day you're going to have more specialized people in those roles that can provide education and value and the the inbound engine is just going to be sales is going to be part of that that inbound engine. Yes. Um, all right. Well, Todd, we'll, we'll end with this. One thing we do is um, is ask. You know, I guess maybe you can reflect back to your your SDR days, or maybe even now on on episode, marketing initiatives that don't go well. But like, what's your hype song that you just you listen to getting amped up to go into into calls or? So, I'm a I'm a from Pittsburgh, diehard Steelers fan, so there's only one answer to this, which is Renegade. Ooh. Okay. Solid, Ooh. solid. What's the what's the inverse of that? Like what's your you just got punched in the face? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you hammer on me for a little bit because uh you can probably picture me in the corner crying to here comes the sun. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> single tear coming down my cheek the mascara is running just a little bit oh my god well todd it was awesome having you and thanks for uh yeah thanks for all the perspectives and the fun conversation where can people find you how do they find you what are you all about what do you want be personal otherwise go pretty simple follow me on linkedin todd clauser tiktok todd clauser that's it that's it